music on the bayou. The all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live on this hump day. We hope everybody's enjoying themselves, having a wonderful start to the day. You look outside the window. It is again, a beautiful day in Southeast Louisiana. The weather is great. Hope everybody's taking advantage of that great weather and is having a wonderful start to the day. We thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. The blue boot foundation, Bent's RV located on highway 90 and boutique. Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. New friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Join us on Saturday. With the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System with Stan Gravois and myself. For the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts, that is presented by Terrebonne General Health System, sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. And also a reminder, <clears throat> excuse me, join us Friday night for varsity football coverage. Pre-game 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock, South Lafouche against Vanderbilt Catholic. Uh, our broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Now let's talk about how today's show is going to go. It's a very predictable format. It's our usual Wednesday format. In this segment, I'll give you a rundown of where some of the local volleyball teams shook out last night in the volleyball playoffs. We had several teams competing around the state and several teams actually moving on to the next round around the state. We'll talk about that. Then in the next segment of the show, I may talk a little World Series, may talk a little NBA, kind of get out of the high school room for just a second. But we're going to get right back into the high school room at noon when we have B.J. Young, South Lafouche High School football coach, on to talk about his Tarpons. 12-15, we've got Taylor Griffin. Then after him, we've got the mailbag. After him, we've got the betting picks, and then we're out of here. So that's the rundown of today's show. And we hope that everybody will tune in. If you're at work listening on the radio, go get you a a Coke out of the refrigerator. Get you a, a spreadsheet laid out that you're going to be able to work on for the next 90 or so minutes. We're going to entertain you. We're going to get through it. In volleyball, yesterday we had some results from around the state. There's a ton, a ton of volleyball playoff games today. But they were a few stragglers who did play yesterday. And I'll give you the rundown to some of those results because some of those stragglers who played yesterday were local. There were several local teams who played yesterday. And fortunately for our area, every one of the local teams who played yesterday won and moved on to the next round. In Division One, number five, Sam Houston defeats number 28, Covington, in four sets. 
Covington actually won the first set of that match, but then Sam Houston roared back and won three straight. They move on to the next round. That was the only result yesterday in Division One, which is our highest enrollment playoff bracket. In Division Two, which is where South Lafouche and Ellender and South Terrebonne and all the Assumption, all those teams lie, there wasn't a single game yesterday, but there are a ton of games that will be today. More about that in just a second. In Division Three, we had several results. Number one, Dunham defeats number 32, St. Martinville, in straight sets. They'll take on number 17, Eunice. They beat Patrick Taylor in four sets. That's a slight upset. Number 17 beats number 16. Number eight, Lutcher, quasi-local team. They get a straight sets victory over number 25, Madison Prep. So Lutcher moves on to the next round. Parkview Baptist in Division Three. They're the number five seed. They defeat Mars Jeff Community School in straight sets. So Parkview moves on to the next round. Also moving on to the next round are the E.D. White Lady Cardinals, the number three seed in Division Three. They get a straight sets victory over Pearl River, 25-10, 25-9, and 25-6. So Coach Johnson and her team punch a ticket to the next round. They're actually going to play their next round matchup tomorrow. So today, Westlake is playing Bruley, the winner. That one tomorrow is going to E.D. White to play that second-round matchup. That one will be in Thibodeau at 6 o'clock. It's already listed on the LHSA website. So EDY trying to boogie. They're trying to rush themselves into the Pontchartrain Center, punch their ticket. Also in Division Three, Lafayette Christian's going to the next round. They get a straight sets win over Leesville. That's a six seed beating a 27 seed. Number seven, University Lab defeats number 26, Church Point, in straight sets. Those are all results in Division Three. Division 4 yesterday, we don't have any local teams in Division 4, but I'll tell you the results. Newman, the top seed in the bracket, defeats Mansfield in straight sets, easily rolling through that. A slight upset. Acadiana Renaissance Charter defeats number, uh, that's a 19 seed, defeating number 14, Manet, in four sets. So Acadiana Renaissance Charter moves on. They're likely to face John Curtis in the next round. John Curtis is the three seed. They're playing Fisher today. Um, John Curtis has local girl, Jackie Mellison, on their squad. So John Curtis is likely to face Acadia Renaissance Charter in the next round. Number 10, St. Thomas Aquinas pushes past number 23, St. James in straight sets. And number 15, Port Allen roars past number 18, Sarah Reed. Those are Division Four volleyball playoff results. In Division Five volleyball, we had a couple local teams punch a ticket to the next round. Number 16, Homa Christian, was at home yesterday, and they got a four-sets win over Hanson Memorial. Close competitive sets, but Homa Christian finds a way to get the win. 25-20, 25-17, then they lose the third set, 27-25. Then they get a 25-20 win in the fourth and decisive set. So Homa Christian moves on. They're likely to be facing Country Day in the next round. Country Day is the number one seed in Division Five. They're taking on East Iberville today. Episcopal of Acadiana is the five seed in that bracket. They moved on yesterday, beating 28 St. Mary's Academy. Number four, Ascension Episcopal moved on yesterday. They beat False River. Ascension Episcopal take on number 13, North Lake Christian, who defeated St. John yesterday in four sets. St. Edmund, the old school that South Lafouche played to open up their football season. They're the 14 seed in Division Five volleyball. They won in straight sets yesterday over 19 Family Christian. They're likely to be taking on Central Catholic of Morgan City. Central Catholic has to get by MLK Charter today. That match will be at 5 o'clock over in Morgan City. At the bottom of this bracket, 
We've got number 10, St. Martin's Episcopal. They defeat Highland Baptist in four sets yesterday. They move on to the next round. Also moving on to the next round is CCA, Covenant Christian Academy. They get a five-set win over Catholic Point Coupe yesterday. CCA wins the first, third, and fifth sets. Point Coupe wins the second and fourth sets. The uh, CCA team moves on to the next round. They're going to take on Westminster Christian, the number two seed, who defeated First Baptist Christian. So congratulations to Lutcher. Congratulations to Edie White. Congratulations to Homa Christian. Congratulations to CCA, all local teams who have punched their way into the next round. Now, there's a whole lot of volleyball that will be played today around the state of Louisiana. HL Bourgeois is going to be taking on Natchitoches Central on the road today at 5 o'clock. That's at Natchitoches Central. Terrebonne today at 5.30 will be hosting Ruston. It's a big matchup today. That's in Division One. In Division Two. You've got South Terrebonne. Actually, tomorrow, they're going to be traveling to Bro Bridge to take on the number 12-seeded Bro Bridge team. Assumption today is hosting Warren Easton in a 4-versus-29 matchup that Assumption's heavily favored to win. That one's at 5.30. The nightcap tonight in our local volleyball schedule will be happening at LCO. South Lafouche, the number 14 seed, will be hosting number 19, Ellender. That's at 7 o'clock tonight over at LCO, so a late start to that one and an opportunity for either the Lady Tarpons or the Lady Patriots to punch a ticket into the next round. Vanderbilt will be hosting Iowa today, 5 o'clock, uh, over at Homa on the Terriers campus, so that's a chance for Vanderbilt to also punch their ticket. Berwick is traveling today to take on Episcopal at 5.30, and then as I told you earlier in the segment, Central Catholic of Morgan City will be at home. They'll be hosting MLK Charter today at 5 o'clock on campus. So we started with a bunch of teams in. We still got a bunch of teams in as several of our local teams won their opening round volleyball matchups. Let's catch a break when we get back. Talk a little bit about the World Series. Having a hard time squeezing that into our segment. It's LSU Alabama week. The Saints are playing well. It's high school football, you know, heading to the playoffs. Volleyball's in the playoffs. I've had a hard time fitting in some World Series talk, but we're going to Squeeze that through in the next segment. It is play-by-play here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I am Rebecca Robichaud. I am a native of Lafouche Parish, born in Thibodeau. I am an attorney. My law office is on Bayou Lafouche in Raceland. I have been practicing law for 40 years. I have been a tough advocate for all my clients. I will be firm and fair as your judge. Early voting is October 25th through November 1st. Election day is November 8th. I am number 60 on the ballot. Please vote for me. Paid for by the committee to elect Rebecca Show. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. 
call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative school Screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. As a father of triplet girls, State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature. Now, he wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal. A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution, defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Pay for by the friends of Tanner McGee. You know, Going into the World Series, I think there was this strong assumption that the Houston Astros were the heavy, heavy favorites. And why wouldn't they be? You know, they had 106 wins on the regular season compared to just 87 for Philly. But I I was never on board with that. Um, I watched the Phillies play in their series with Atlanta. And then, you know, I, I watched bits and pieces of their other series in the postseason when they, you know, took on the Padres. They beat up on the Cardinals. And I just, I just feel like, and you know, that's the thing about the baseball playoffs is that you don't have to be the best team all year. You just got to be the best team when the games matter the most. I just felt like they were getting hot at the right time. The Phillies do a lot of things that are conducive to October and November baseball success. They've got high-level starting pitching with Nola and Wheeler, front-line guys. Then they've got a bunch of junk ballers, a bunch of guys who are just solid number three, number four guys, be it Thor, be it um, uh, Suarez, who we saw yesterday. Like they've just got a bunch of guys who could eat innings. they got a decent bullpen and depth there where they could go to that bullpen in the fifth or sixth inning if need be. So the idea that the Astros were going to just win this thing in five, I always thought was a little bit naive. But now it becomes a different question here, right? You know, Philly's firmly in it. We've established that they're going to be in this thing throughout. They're leading two to one. They beat the hell out of Houston last night, seven to nothing. Fresh off of, you know, winning game one, then the Astros won game two. Now, if you're Philly, can you close the deal? Can you close the deal and can you actually win the four games necessary to win the series? Because you're not facing the Padres this round, right? You're not facing a team that was every bit as prone to gag it away as you were. You're facing a championship 
laden team that is used to being in these big situations, that's used to being in these big games, that's used to playing for it all, can you finish the deal? And that remains to be seen. I think the winner of tonight's game is going to win the series. Tonight, you got Aaron Nola, who's actually not been all that good this postseason, facing Christian Javier, who hasn't yet pitched in the World Series. Javier this year was one of the unsung heroes for the Astros. He had an ERA of 2.54, 11-9 record. They didn't score when he pitched. So far in the postseason, he's been every bit as good. He has pitched six and two-thirds innings in the postseason, only allowed two hits and one run. The one start that he made was against the Yankees. He allowed one hit in five and one-third innings. So Javier's getting the ball today, and his job is going to be very simple. You got to keep the ball in the park. Philly plays in that little candle box, uh, matchbox ballpark where if you just hit it high enough in the air, it's going to fly out. And when you're facing a lineup of ha- that has nothing but guys built to play in that park, the launch angle lineup of the Phillies with Harper and Schwarber and you know all those guys, you've got to keep the ball in the park tonight if you want to have a chance. If Harper's hitting one out, Schwarber's hitting one out, Hoskins is getting a double in the alley, Bohm's hitting one out, it's going to be a long day. The Phillies last night hit one, two, three, four, five home runs. Every single run that they scored came via the home run. If the Astros are going to continue to give up two, three, four home runs again, they don't have a chance to rest of the series. So they've got to figure out a way to, A, keep the ball in the park when facing the Philly offense, and, B, start figuring out some ways to generate some offense of their own. Because so far in the series, Houston's offense has been a little bit lacking. Houston's offense has been struggling, with the exception of some Kyle Tucker home runs in game one, which kept that game uh, in favor of Houston early. It's been a grind. It's been a big grind. And the Astros are going to have to figure out ways to get that ball out of the park, out in that small ballpark in Philly. You're going to have to maybe play the way that the Phillies do, try to sell out, try to hit one out. Because if you don't figure out ways to get it out of the park, it's going to be tough because they're going to get a few, right? They're going to get a few. That's just the way that the Phillies play. So the Phillies have proven, as we said earlier in the segment, they've proven we're going to be here. We won game one. We won game three. We're beating your ass in game three. Now can they finish it out? Bryce Harper looks hungry, man. Look, I'm not a Bryce Harper dude. In fact, for a lot of his career, I thought that he was one of the more overrated players in the sport. One of the more overrated players in the sport. You know, it's a guy that for the season didn't even have 20 home runs. didn't even have 70. Now, I get it. He was, he was out for a lot of that. But it's a guy that, if you go and look at the back of the baseball card, as they say, he hits 260 as often as he hits 300, right? You know, he's a guy that does have some down years. He's a guy that's not immune to struggling, right? I've always thought he was slightly overrated. Great player, but slightly overrated. Can he finish the deal here? Can he punch that ticket forward? Can he go and win him one in what would be his age 30 season? Or can the Astros get one for old Dusty? Dusty's been doing this a long time. He's always tasted it, boy, but he's never been able to sink his teeth into it. Game four tonight's going to be huge. 7-0-3 on Fox. You got Christian Javier and Aaron Nola. The winner of game three, 
I think is going to have a big leg up. Game five is tomorrow. On paper right now, it's Verlander versus Noah Syndergaard. I don't know if that pitching matchup is going to hold up. I don't see Noah Syndergaard pitching in game five. I think that the Phillies, the Phillies may go back to like a Wheeler or something like that. But boy, it's going to be entertaining as hell. It's going to be very entertaining to see how this one all shakes itself out. Also, you know, you look around and you see uh, tomorrow we've got a big NFL matchup. We got the Eagles taking on the Texans. Um, the Eagles are in position to possibly start flirting with some history here. They're seven and zero, and if you look at their schedule coming up, why couldn't they be like 10, 11, 12, 13 and zero? The Eagles play the Texans. They're favored by fourteen tomorrow. Then they play the Commanders at home. Then they play the Colts without Matt Ryan. Then they face Aaron Rodgers at home. Then they face the Titans at home. Then you got Giants. Then you got Bears. Until you get to the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, which will be on the road. The Eagles are going to be heavily favored in every single game that they play. So you do the math. That'd be 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, 11-0, 12-0, 13-0, 14-0. The Eagles could easily be 14-0. Which then, you're saying, well, why are you talking about the Eagles on a Wednesday? I'll tell you why. Because the New Orleans Saints are in a position where they've got to get as many wins as they can coming home. Right? We know this. And one of the games that you look at on the schedule right now that looks the most daunting is a Week 16 matchup at Philly. It's very possible that the Eagles have everything cinched up by then. The Saints can catch a very real break if they're facing a Philly team that doesn't have anything to play for. Maybe be a great chance to upset them. But I talked about this yesterday. No, not yesterday. I talked about this Monday, and I'll reiterate it again. Monday night is the biggest game of the season for the New Orleans Saints if they want to have any chance to make a run at the NFC South. You're at home. You're taking on a Ravens team that is really good. They're 5-3 and three on the year. They're playing really well. They do things schematically that you don't do well. They run their quarterback. They've got a very diverse rushing attack. Those types of offenses have bothered New Orleans in years past. They've got a pretty good defense. A defense that gives up some yards at times, but tends to be a bend but don't break unit. The Saints are 3-5. and five. If they lose on Monday, they'll be 3-6. and six. With upcoming games coming up against the Steelers on the road, which won't, which won't be easy, the Rams, the 49ers, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Browns win. Watson is back, and the Eagles. How many wins do you figure you need to win the division? At the absolute bare minimum, seven, but let's be honest, more likely eight or nine. If you already have six losses, which would be what would happen if you lose Monday, that's a lot to axe, to have to go through that gauntlet that I just told you and have barely any margin for error. New Orleans has to win Monday night if they want to have any shot. I don't care about what the other teams are doing. If Atlanta loses and Tampa loses and the division, I, I don't care about that. For New Orleans to get to eight or nine wins, which is what I think ultimately you're going to need, they're going to have to win. They're going to have to win. Tampa's schedule is about to lighten up a little bit. They're playing the, no, I say it's about to lighten up a little bit. They've lost three in a row and they haven't really faced uh, all that stiff competition while doing it. They're hosting the Rams. 
That's a winnable game. They're hosting the Seahawks. That's a winnable game. Actually, they're going to play the Seahawks out in London. You got the Browns after the bye week. Watson still won't be back. They're in position. They could potentially start to get a little bit of a roll here. Atlanta, you look at their upcoming schedule. I believe it's a little bit more difficult. They're 4-4. Four and four, But Atlanta's schedule, I think, is about to get a little more challenging. <clears throat> They've got... No, actually, I, I read that wrong. The Falcons are in a position where they're about to potentially get hot. You got Chargers. That'll be difficult at home. Then you're playing the Panthers again, playing the Bears. You're playing the Commanders, playing the Steelers. Atlanta's got an easier ride upcoming than New Orleans does. So for the Saints, you got to have it Monday and you got to try to keep the pace with a division schedule or division list of contenders that, man, it, it's going to be tough to keep up with because they've got easier rides than you do. The NFL trade deadline was crazy yesterday. The NFL trade deadline usually isn't anything worth riding home about, but you get a bunch of guys that are moved around the league, um, and we'll tell you about that maybe a little bit later on in the show is, Usually it's a nothing burger, but yesterday we had, what, I believe 19 trades around the league. It's it's good to see. I think it's great for the sport. But, you know, the NBA trade deadline, there's a bunch of intrigue. Certainly the MLB trade deadline, there's a lot of intrigue. So I think it's great for the sport to see, you know, those teams that are going for it. You know, why not? Make a run for it. Try to make it happen. So yesterday the NFL trade deadline was litty, as the kids like to say. And uh, we saw a lot of guys move around the league and a lot of guys, hopefully, will uh, make a difference for the stretch run as some teams are kind of shoring themselves up and trying to make one last push. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to B.J. Young, South Lafouche High School. We'll be chatting with B.J. about the Tarpons' Week 10 matchup against Vanderbilt. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks. It's the Black Friday sales event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Fence RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at FenceRV.com. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Meet our skeeter beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. 
At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Our first calling guest on today's play-by-play is South Lafouche football coach BJ Young, who joins us now. Coach BJ, good uh, afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good afternoon, man. I'm doing well, y'all. Doing fine, buddy. Uh, it's the last week of the regular season, week 10. The Tarpons are taking on the Vanderbilt Catholic. One last opportunity to try to get a little momentum going into the off season, brother. Uh, how's practice been so far over in Tarpon land? Yeah, you know, uh, it's an important one for us. You know, it uh give you that good taste in your mouth, kind of a little momentum going into the off season. So um, it's a big one for us. Um, we had a good week, man. You know, uh had a good week. Monday, Tuesday was good. Um, today we got our uh, freshman JV game c- combined at six o'clock versus Vanderbilt. So last time we get uh, to see those young ones go out there and uh, and play football, and then um, you know wrap up the season on Friday night. Um, look, that's the last opportunity for, for us to get out there and play, and uh, last opportunity for those seniors to uh, you know to put on the pads for us, and um, you know a lot of them you know for the rest of their life, man. So. Uh, you know, you, you got one last time, and you get to go out there, and uh, you know, hopefully we see uh, see uh, you know, hundred ten percent effort, and uh, our guys competing. You know, is it a situation where you know you're more adapt to you know maybe try a trick play or something like that? Because you know, hey man, there's nothing to lose. Whether you win or you lose, you guys are not going to the postseason. Is it more you know kind of throw caution to the wind type of thing as a coach trying to approach this game? Uh, you know, we we try to carry um one or two a week um, just to have in our pocket um, along with a two-point play just in case it comes down to it. Um, you know, you try to hold that. Even though we go for two every time, you try to hold that just in case you might need it when it comes down to it. Um, but, look, man, no, man, look, nothing out, nothing out the ordinary. Um, we don't we don't have, uh, you know, all, all these trick plays in and anything like that. You know, we're going um, to kind of do what we do, man, and, uh, and try to execute it and uh, – and win the football game. I saw Vanderbilt earlier this season. Um, they're very aggressive. They're very physical. It's going to uh, be an opportunity for your team to try to progress offensively. What are some things you guys think you can take advantage of? Yeah, look, man, uh, you know, it's your typical, you know, Vanderbilt Catholic team, man. Uh, they play super hard. They're well coached. Um, they're disciplined. If, you know, if they got to be somewhere, they're going to be there, you know, nine times out of ten. Um, you know, we we uh, we got to do a good job on our end, Um you know, put down guys in position to be successful and uh, and executing the calls. Um, we, we're not going to be able to. Uh, you don't have to help them. You know, a lot of when you play teams like that, 
they're not going to beat themselves. Um, so, so you can't, you know, aid in, the, in their in their victory with, with um, you know, with penalties or, or playing behind the sticks um, with some bust or uh, being in a bad situation. You know, you got to try to, uh, you know, keep keep the pressure on them and uh, and, and play play like that. You know, you don't want to try to play from behind. Stopping the run at times has been an issue. They've got a terrific running back who they like to do a whole lot of different stuff with, and at times they also like to throw the ball to him out of the backfield. Be a big challenge trying to slow down Coleman this Friday, won't it? Yeah, I think it's been a challenge, uh, you know, for the most part for everybody um, that's played him. You know, he, he's, a, he's a big part of what they do. And, um, look, I, man, I want to say he, he's like a top five back in the nation, you know, something like that. So, um phenomenal talent man uh one of them once in a generation if you're a coach man one you know one once in a generation guy you get your hands on it and um look they're lucky to have him you know uh shoot i wish we did you know uh but um look man he's a great player and uh you know we just got to do our best to um try, try to slow him down on the reverse to that you know obviously you're facing a running back it, it, that that's strong how important is it going to be to not focus so much attention on them that you know they got receivers that are open down the field. Because that, I went to the Vanderbilt game against Ellender, and Ellender was paying so much attention to Coleman at times that Vanderbilt was beating him in the pass. And like, it's it's a juggling act, right? You don't want to open up anything else trying to take him away. Yeah, look, um, they they got they got receivers who can play too now. Um, I think the quarterback does a good job um, distributing the ball to, to his guys and is accurate with his throws. Um, old line, I think they're all returning, so that's kind of their backbone as well. You know, it's good to have a, a group up front that, uh, you know, has got a lot of under-the-lights experience. Um, look, yeah, you know, a lot of times as a coach, you, you try to make a team beat you in ways that they don't want to, you know, do it. And then sometimes if they do, you just kind of tip your cap, and they were better than you that night. But, um, you know, if you're playing in, you know, Mississippi State, you know, you don't want to let Mike Lee throw the ball 70 times and beat you with all in through the air, right? You try to drop a line coverage and make him try to run the ball and beat you. So kind of the thought behind it, man. You want to try to take away what they do best or their bread and butter stuff and make them beat you another way. Coach, um, you guys are sitting at 2-7. and seven. It's either going to be a 3-7 and seven or a 2-8 and eight year in South Lafourche. I know that's not going to sit well with you no matter which result it is. What went wrong? What are some of the things that you guys right away, like you say, whenever you're going to have your end-of-season coaches meeting, you say, all right, X, Y, and Z, <clears throat> these are a handful of things that just have to be better next year. I think uh, I think our trenches um, have to get better. Um, I think we have to get stronger in the trenches. We got to we got to get better in the trenches for sure. I think uh, you know if you don't win up front, you don't win games and stuff we talked about in the past. And um, I think they have to get better in the trenches. I think um, we have to develop a running game uh, that's not number ten. Um, I think we uh, we have to obviously get better in the kicking game. We have to get somebody. Who um, who can kick the football a little bit? Got to get in the halls, maybe in the soccer team, and try to get somebody out there who can make extra points and make some field goals. Because um, that that's such a weapon, man. You know, when you can get down there and um, you know take take your three points, and sometimes it puts you two possessions, or you're making your extra points. Um, Got to have it. And um, look, man, we just uh, that that that's kind of just off the top of my head. Takeaways: We got to tackle people that run the ball. You know. Um, I think uh, our tackling has been below average um, throughout the entire season, and uh, look, that, that's on us. You know, we got to get better at tackling the ball carry as well, and putting our and putting our team back in the huddle. 
So just that's just off the top of my head, man. I don't know how many there was, five or six that I think uh, <laughs> that I think is off the top of my head that we we have to get better at if we're gonna win some games, you know. Um, look, man, I heard, heard uh, like I said, big Saints fan, Demario Davis was saying, look, you know, you got to do soul searching, you know. Um, and, and I think if you wait till it's there and you do it, it's too late, you know. Um, look, you're not where you want to be, man. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a dark spot, but uh, like you said, somebody's got to be the hope. Um, that the sun's going to come out tomorrow, man, you know, and uh, and it will, and it will get better. You told me after the spring, before the season even started, you said, man, I didn't feel like we were, like, mean enough. And then you said that you guys were trying to develop that over the summer and you thought maybe you had some success. So now you play nine games. Are you guys mean enough? It's like I feel like this is a team that maybe needs a little bit more of an edge next year. Yeah, look, man, you got to have um... – Look, look, you can't – look, you got a bunch of good kids, but you can't win a lot of games with a bunch of nice kids. Um, you got to have some that got a little my list with them, right? <laughs> One of my Bayou words. Uh, and, and, look, man, I, I think they've gotten better. I, I'd be lying to you if I said that I don't think we've gotten tougher over the nine games or we haven't gotten better. I think we have. Um, you ran out of time, man. You, you lost some games that, that, you know, that I, that I thought were winnable games um, that we, we didn't pull them out. And – Look, man, it's just the nature of the sport. Um, listen, I, I can assure you, um, nobody here likes to lose, uh, including myself. It's just the nature of the sport. Um, sometimes you go through them years, man, for whatever reason. Uh, the ball don't bounce away, or you don't get the breaks, or you don't play as good as you thought you'd play, or, um, you know, you feel like you're not preparing them maybe like you should. Um but, look, it, it, a year makes a big difference. You look at Tulane, you know. Um, I think they had two wins last year. Right now they're number 19 or whatever ranked team in the country. Um, a year makes a big difference. And, um, look, we got to have a big offseason, man. It's every day we have to make count. You can't, we can't take a day off. Coach, before we let you go, what are some keys to victory? you got your 10th contest coming up against Vanderbilt. What are some keys to victory to try to go on the road and beat the Terriers? Yeah, I think, um, look, we're going to have to score the ball, man. I think we have to score a lot of points because I, th I think uh, that kid, uh, Jalen Coleman, is going to be hard to stop. So I think we have to score a lot of points. Um, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, being, being that it's going to be hard to slow him down, we've got to create turnovers somehow. Um, sack fumbles, strip fumbles, uh, interceptions. We've got to gain some possessions um, in, 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 throughout the game on Friday night. So uh, I think if we can, we can force some turnovers on defense, and uh, we've got to score some points, man, and uh, try to put the pressure on them. Sounds like a winner. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. See you Friday. All right, man. Thank you all. Yep, that is BJ Young with South Lafouche. Kind of love. BJ's not from here. BJ's from, like, Boutique. You know, he played for Hanville, played for Southeastern. Got to love the, the coach saying, oh, man, we need some guys that have some my list. <laughs> Who taught him that? Uh, who taught BJ our words, man? Uh, and then the other day, you know, we're we're doing After the Lights, presented by Grand Isle Shipyard, which you could hear every uh, Friday after the football game. And, we're, I think, during a commercial, you know, we're, we're chatting, just talking about stuff, and we're talking about, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what it was. And BJ stops and he pauses and says, Oh, Paul Bet, man. Paul Bet, you feel so bad for them. Someone's teaching BJ some Cajun French, boy. We, we, we fully adopted old BJ into our community, and we, you know, know that it's a big off season. A lot of folks are discontent, but the Tarpons are going to put in some work. They're going to make, um, I think they're going to make some some adjustments into their mindset, and I think that you know with a young team, they're going to get a lot of guys back. I think there are much brighter days ahead. Sometimes when you're bad and you're struggling, you don't see light at the end of the tunnel. Like 
not to throw out any names and I don't want to pick on anybody, but there's a certain school in the 4A district that doesn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. They're just bad and they don't have a whole lot of hope to turn things around because they've been bad for a long time. I think the Tarpons see light at the end of the tunnel. I think that they're going to be in position to have a stronger year next year, maybe even a stronger year the year after that as some of these freshmen and sophomores begin to mature and begin to blossom and get stronger and I think it'll be a big offseason to making some of those things happen. Let's catch a break. It's got a note from Taylor. We're not going to be able to have Taylor Griffin on today. He had some work meetings that he had to attend. Um, so next segment of the show, we'll talk a little NBA. We'll talk a little NFL and maybe even a little college football. It's play-by-play on KLEB. KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun. 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime anywhere 24 hours a day seven days a week planning an event visit joe septic at bizcom.net with locations in cutoff thibodeau fushaw abbeville reserve and now odessa texas Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. There are a lot of reasons Tanner McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature. But there are three that stand above the rest. Julia, Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature and why with over a decade of legal experience... 
Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee. You know, it's very early in the NBA season, like extremely early, like so early that I probably shouldn't even be doing this segment because it's probably a bit of an overreaction segment. But I couldn't help but take a peek at the NBA standings last night. And, you know, there are a lot of teams that are expected to be doing really well that through six or seven games are not at all doing well. Um, it just leads you to wonder, like, how long this might continue. Like, is this a fluke? Is this just, you know, a blip in the radar? Or is this something that maybe is going to linger for a while and we have some teams that are going to maybe struggle a little more than what we realize? In the Eastern Conference, I, I would have thought Philly would be better than 4-4. Four and four. Now, granted, Joel and Bede's been in and out of the lineup with some injuries, and they have won three in a row. So I'm not as worried about Philly, and maybe that's just my own personal biases because I'm a 76er fan. <laughs> Listen to me. Because I'm a James Harden fan. I'm not, I'm not a 76er fan per, 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 uh, per se, but I follow James Harden. But you go outside of the playoff chase right now, outside of the top 10, Miami's three and five, and I watched them a few nights ago. They they look old. They look tired. They don't look like a team that has another gear right now. You know, they've lost some pieces. They lost PJ Tucker. That hurts their defense. They're not defending. They're not playing well. You got the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, where could you start? What could you say about the Brooklyn Nets? The Brooklyn Nets fired Steve Nash yesterday and then proceeded to lose to the Chicago Bulls 108-99. to On the court, the Nets are a mess. They have an extremely talented roster, but everybody's going in different directions. There's no unity there whatsoever. Kyrie Irving wanted out in the offseason, then rescinded that offer because... Nobody wanted him, and he's back. He's causing chaos. Kevin Durant wanted out. They couldn't find a trade for the Nets' demands. It's a mess. You get Ben Simmons back. Ben Simmons is is a complete and utter head case. He's too much of a coward to even so much as shoot the basketball ever during a game. So you got a guy who's averaging six points a game who you're paying maximum contract salary to. He's shooting 44% from the field. Every one of his attempts is from the lane, so he's making 44% of his layups, shooting five times a game. He's getting to the free throw line 2.5 times a game, considering that he's always in the paint, committing four and a half fouls per game. Ben Simmons is a train wreck. And now, on top of being a train wreck, he's doing the Ben Simmons thing. He's missed the last couple games with a a lingering ankle or knee injury, so he's going to be in and out of the lineup. The Nets are a mess. The Nets don't guard at all, at all. Like, it's just uh, running of the Bulls. Just, you know, they have a red flag. Ole, just go to the goal and make a layup. The Nets are giving up almost 120 points per game this season, 118.8 points per game. That's, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous ineptitude from the Nets defensively. Now, they're getting Udoka from Boston to come in and coach the team. 
Will that pay dividends immediately? Will that take a little while? Will it be a transition? I don't know. Roster-wise, is what they're doing sustainable? Um, probably not. Will they be able to make a trade to go and you know maybe pawn Simmons off on someone else, get a little more shooting? I don't know. But I think Miami's going to end up getting right. I don't know if they'll be at the top of the Eastern Conference, but I think they'll get right. They've got toughness. They've got some gritty guys there. I don't know that Brooklyn's getting right at all. Talent alone will lead you to believe they'll probably get into the top 10, but I don't know that they're going to just be fixed. I don't know they're going to just go on a run where they win 9 out of 11. I don't know that this team cares enough to make that happen. Now, also in the Eastern Conference, you got the Bucs who are 6-0 and right now and are looking every bit like the championship contender, not just the Eastern Conference title contender, but a championship contender. The Bucs are 6-0 and at a time in the NBA where guys are off the a little bit of some slow starts. They're undefeated, and they're playing without Chris Middleton. They're playing without Pat Connaughton. Like they've got some dudes that are out, and they're still playing at an exceptionally high level. So they've been one of the bright spots to the young NBA year. Then you go out west, and you see a lot of the same stuff that we're talking about. Some of the teams that you would have expected to be like amongst the the highest of the high, just not very good. The Clippers are three and four. And again, again, like we have Kawhi Leonard who's just like AWOL. He's just not playing. Like for we don't necessarily know why, but he's just not playing. Knee knee issues, they say. Dude missed all of last year. And then now he's back and he's still not playing. And when he has played, he hasn't been very good. So that's a concern. He's 31, like maybe just got some lingering issues there. Maybe it's what I think is it just doesn't care about basketball a whole lot. But he's been in and out. They're missing Robert Covington. Like they just don't look like they're vibing very well. Their three and four is just not looking good. They got blown out by the Thunder twice. They barely beat the Rockets a few nights ago. Like they've had an easy schedule and they're not even winning those games. So that's a little bit of a concern there. Let's talk about the Warriors, man. Like, even the Warriors aren't playing very well. The Warriors have lost three in a row. The Warriors give up 130 points every time they take the floor. So, these conversations just lead me to think. And I'm not panicking. I'm not overreacting. I'm not trying to say the Warriors won't make the playoffs. I'm not trying to say the Clippers are done. I'm not. But I do think what we're seeing is that we're league in transition. The Steph Curry teams, the LeBron James teams, we didn't even talk about the Lakers, how much of a mess they are. The LeBron James teams, the Kawhi Leonard teams, the James Harden teams, the Kevin Durant teams, those are led by guys who are in their early to mid-30s. That's kind of old. We have a whole cycle and a whole generation of great NBA players. Great. They carried the previous generation of the league that are all now like 32, 33, 34, 35, or maybe even older. And now what we may be seeing is that those guys might be starting to fade out. And guys like Devin Booker, obviously Giannis, we know what Giannis could do, but Devin Booker, who's, you know, 26, and Giannis, who's in his 20s, Donovan Mitchell, who's leading the Cavs, Jason Tatum. It might be those guys' turn now. 
Just something to pay attention to. It's a very teensy, tiny, little bitty, small sample size. We've only played a small fraction of the NBA season. If we look at this two weeks from now, all of the things that I just told you about could be completely reversed. But it's just something to pay attention to. Like It feels like yesterday's generation of NBA stars. Those guys who are now slowly getting onto the back end of their prime are starting to lose out to the guys who are on the front end of their prime. The Zion Williamsons, the Devin Bookers, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and all those different new generation of stars. And I think what you're going to see, and the whole reason why I wanted to do this segment, is I think that by the time we get to the middle of the year, and those older, more veteran teams realize what's happening and realize that they're falling behind, I think they'll try to have one last stand and there will be a little tug of war there. I think this is going to be a fun NBA season, and I think it's wide open right now. I think it's wide open. I don't have a clue who the best team is. I don't have a clue who's going to potentially you know, win it all. I could see, I can make arguments for a whole lot of different teams, and I think that that makes for a compelling year. So more often today than normal in the NBA, I think that there is a lot of intrigue and a lot of uncertainty, which I think is great for the league because the league often is in a position where there isn't a whole lot of uncertainty and we kind of know what's going to happen before it even happens. This weekend is a huge college football weekend. I don't have to tell you about LSU Alabama, and in fact, I'm not going to tell you about LSU Alabama. We'll save that for later in the week. But in addition to that matchup, you got Texas Tech and TCU. TCU's undefeated, number seven in the country, trying to stand tall and try to, you know, try to get into the top four. Tennessee and Georgia, a matchup of undefeateds. Tennessee's number one in the football playoff rankings. Georgia's number three. You've also got, uh, let's see, Texas and Kansas State. Clemson going on the road and taking on Notre Dame. A Notre Dame team that started to play much better. Wake Forest and NC State. You know, there, there are a lot of intriguing matchups and a lot of games that are, I think, going to go a long way in deciding how this thing shakes itself out. For LSU, you're now in a very unique position. Yes, you're a huge underdog Saturday. But by being ranked 10th in the college football playoff rankings... If LSU wins the rest of their games somehow, and it's going to be a chore because there are a lot of road games, there are a lot of very difficult games. But if LSU wins out, beats Alabama at home, beats Arkansas, beats UAB, beats Texas A&M, wins the SEC championship, if they win out, again, that's a tall task. If you go make a parlay on that in Las Vegas, you're going to have very long odds. It's a tall task. But if it happens, you're going to the playoffs. Who would have thought in early September when LSU was playing Florida State and couldn't do anything right? Who would have thought when LSU was losing, what was it, 13 to nothing against Mississippi State, the third game, and looked like they were going to get blown out of the stadium? Who would have thought after losing to Tennessee, and getting blown out of Tiger Stadium. Or after struggling through Auburn and falling behind 17-0 against one of the worst teams in the conference. 
Who would have thought that we'd be able to sit here in November and say, yeah, all LSU's got to do is win the rest of their games and they'll make the college football playoff? I'm not saying it'll happen. In fact, I'm here to tell you the opposite. I think it's highly unlikely to happen. But I told you this a couple weeks ago, and I stand firm. I've seen LSU win national championships. I've seen LSU win big-time bowl games. I've seen LSU win the SEC championship in 2011 and in 2001, in years that they didn't win the national championship. This is as much fun watching an LSU team as I've ever had. Because there's not an expectation of, well, you have to win every single game or it's going to be a huge letdown. The expectations are watered down slightly. And you're able to just appreciate seeing the team grow week by week. Now, I add that with the caveat of next year, the expectations are going back on 10, right? They're on a seven and a half right now. Next year, they're going back on 10. Next year, LSU better be in contention to be in the top 10 throughout the course of the year. You've got a young roster. It's going to be the second year under the coach. Great recruiting class coming in. Next year, everything that I just said about not expecting to win every week, that all goes out the window. But for now, just purely sitting here and appreciating, watching a team grow and develop, watching an attitude and a mindset change, this is as much fun as I've had with an LSU team in years, including in 19 when they won the championship, including in some of the other years where they were very good and very prolific and very explosive. This has been a fun bunch to watch. Against Alabama, I don't know, man. Can they win? I, I don't know. Just go play, have fun, ride the crowd, do your best, execute, and you might be surprised what might happen in the fourth quarter. Let's catch a break when we get back. It's the mailbag. We've got some mailbag questions from you all. We'll get them all answered. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hi, I am Rebecca Robichaud. I am a native of Lafouche Parish, born in Thibodeau. I am an attorney. My law office is on Bayou Lafourche in Raceland. I have been practicing law for 40 years. I have been a tough advocate for all my clients. I will be firm and fair as your judge. Early voting is October 25th through November 1st. Election day is November 8th. I am number 60 on the ballot. Please vote for me. Paid for by the committee to elect Rebecca Robichaud. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. 
Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Terrebonne General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch. This is evident in our high-tech, high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We're going to the mailbag for the next segment of the show. If you've ever got a mailbag question that you want to send to us, I'm at Casey underscore Justclair on Twitter, at KLEB Radio on Twitter. I'm Casey Justclair on Facebook. We're KLEB Radio on Facebook. I'm Justclair Casey at gmail.com. If you listen to the show and you got my cell number, shoot me a text with a question. I will be happy to get them answered for you. First question. Comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, who do you think will win the World Series? Um, I don't know, <laughs> and I hate to take a cop out answer. Look, it's only there's only two choices, right? The Phillies are up two to one, and I think they're playing the better baseball of the two. But, sorry, was reading something on the screen that popped up. But it's hard for me to envision and imagine a world where they close the deal. Like, I just I just think the, the Astros have a much more talented team and, like, the Phillies are on a wave, but the thing about waves is that they go up, but, yes, they also come down. I, I just don't see them closing the deal. They've won two, but it's hard to win four. It's hard to win four. So for those reasons, I'm going to go against my better judgment. I'm going to pick the Astros. I'm going to pick the Astros. I, I, I do applaud what everything that Philly's done. And I tip my cap and, and low-key, I'm kind of rooting for them. It makes the, the sting of the Braves losing to them a little bit less piercing. But I'm, I, it's going to be tough. The, the Astros have such depth of pitching. And it's going to be hard to beat them four times in seven tries. A listener wants to know, Casey, what percent chance does LSU have to beat Alabama? I think I got asked this question last week, I think. Um, and to be honest, I maybe put it on here twice, not realizing that I already answered because as I was reading the question, I was feeling deja vu. I think last week I said like 10 or 15%. I'll up it a little bit. I'll say 20, 25% chance. Um, the thing with LSU on Saturday is this. Everybody wants to beat Alabama, right? Everybody wants to beat Alabama and go to the SEC championship and make the college football play. Everybody wants that. The word of the day on Saturday is perspective. LSU in January had 37 scholarship players. 
LSU in like February or March was adding guys to the program in droves via the transfer portal. Their starting quarterback, Jaden Daniels, included. While I'm not laying this out to try to set everybody up to you know, lay down a soft landing spot for LSU as they go and get beat on Saturday, that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to tell you guys is that if LSU loses on Saturday, it's the result that's supposed to happen based on the stages of rebuilding that these programs are in. Think of it like Hurricane Ida. Alabama just had a little bit of shingle damage. No water inside. Just a little shingle damage. As a result, they remodeled and rebuilt their home very quickly. They didn't have a tumultuous offseason. LSU had a blue tarp on their roof for a long time. And while Brian Kelly has been doing work to fix the foundation and keep that, you know, that water damage out, it's only fitting that Alabama at this stage of the process would have a nicer home than LSU would have. So while it's not impossible, it's also not probable because Alabama's just in a different stage. And as I said in the last segment of the show, this time next year, hey, all that water damage should be gone. That blue tarp should be a thing of the past. Everything should be in line. LSU this time next year should be firmly in contention. But right now, right now you're playing with house money. Right now, this is just a, a FanDuel free bet. You know, you're playing with casino chips right now. And I think that if LSU uses that properly, they could use it to their advantage. I think that they can maybe take advantage of some things by just playing freely, having fun, you know, throwing, you know, caution to the wind as we talked about earlier with BJ. Just go have fun. I think that they could use that to their advantage. But what I don't want to see is if Alabama wins by two touchdowns, everybody flipping, oh, Brian Kelly can't win the big game. Oh, Brian Kelly, this Brian Kelly, that. Come on now. So the key word for the weekend is perspective. If LSU wins, great. It'll be awesome. But there's no doubt year one of this tenure has been a success. Does anybody think that Coach O, and as much as we love Coach O, does anybody think that if he were running this team right now with the hole that they were in, with everybody leaving, going to the portal, whatever, Anybody think they'd be six and two right now if he were in charge? They'd be three and five or four and four at best. And it is what it is. I hate to say that. In fact, it pain, I just had to clear my throat saying that because I don't like saying negative things about someone that we love so much about. Um, but it is what it is. Casey, a listener wants to know if they gave a Heisman Trophy to local high school athletic football teams in the area who would win it this fall and why this is a really good question trying to think how well first off we got to define what's local are we including assumption parish are we including you know the river what's local if we're saying lafouche and terrebonne only I would be inclined to say Jeffrey Dietrich of E.D. White or Matthew Malonson of E.D. White. They're both explosive, ridiculously good players. I'd be inclined to say either of them. If we're expanding and going and including the river, the Lutcher quarterback, Winfield, would be the guy that I would probably say because he's probably the best player that I've seen. 
if we're not including wins and losses as a factor in this, because remember the Heisman Trophy in college, you ain't winning if you go four and eight. If we're not including wins and losses, Carson Ogeron is maybe the best pure football player that I've seen. Jalen Coleman, another great choice. Vanderbilt's not having a great year, but Jalen Coleman is, is ridiculous. Royal Williams at Ellender would be a good choice. But I'll go Dietrich at E.D. White if we're going by your region, and I'll say Royal Williams would be the runner-up to that. And they're both very, very explosive and very, very prolific players. Casey, what are your thoughts on Steve Nash being out in Brooklyn? It's about time. Those are my thoughts. It's about time. I was a Nets fan for a season and a half as I was following James Harden through there. The year that the Nets lost in the postseason to the Milwaukee Bucks, I was ready to move on from Nash then. Steve Nash doesn't coach. He did not coach. He never did coach. His idea of coaching was, let's just roll out a very talented roster, put the ball in play, let the great dudes go do what they do. And in the regular season, you get by doing that. But in the playoffs, you need some quick hitters. You need to be able to go and steal a three-pointer for Joe Harris. You need to be able to set up Patty Mills to make a shot. Like You need some, some easy stuff. There isn't any easy stuff with Nash. And I think that the honeymoon period ended. The players realized... There's not anything here. He's just kind of guessing. He's just kind of sitting here, chilling, hanging out. And the Nets turned on him pretty quickly. In the offseason when Durant and Kyrie both demanded out, it should have been the end for Nash then. They were stubborn. They let it linger into the season. They sacrificed the start to their season, got off to a poor start, and now they're in transition, trying to go get a coach from outside of the organizations in the middle of the year. Like, that's going to be a tough transition for Brooklyn. So my thoughts are, A, it's about time, but then B, from the Steve Nash perspective, go live your life, dude, because I'm sure it's not a whole lot of fun coaching the Nets right now. You got a bunch of guys who don't want to be there, Ben Simmons and all the chaos and all the stupidity that comes with him. You got Kyrie who's saying ridiculous things and being the the idiot that he is on a daily basis and offending people and getting fined. And I'm sure that that's a very toxic situation and it's probably a win-win for everybody involved. A listener wants to know, Casey, where do you think Sean Payton will be coaching in 2023? Well, at the beginning of the year, um, Dallas and Los Angeles Chargers seem to be the two that were standing out. The Chargers are still firmly in play. They haven't had a great start to the year. I think you could probably scratch Dallas off of that. Mike McCarthy, I have, I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't have any complaints with Mike McCarthy nor the job that he's done. Um, I think the Cowboys are playing well. A lot of the issues that I had with McCarthy from last year, a lot of the penalties and, and poor clock management, like they've cleaned up a lot of that stuff. I don't have any issues with McCarthy. Um, but now reading between the tea leaves, it looks like some other places have emerged. It looks like Carolina is willing to give Sean Payton almost an empty check. And say, hey, you just fill it out. Tell us what you need. We'll make it happen. 
It looks like Denver is leaning towards after one year saying, Nathaniel Hackett, this ain't working. We're going to try to go get something else. They, too, would be almost that blank check situation. Then, of course, the Chargers are still there. And also, you never know what might happen, right? Like, McVay almost retired last year. He's a young guy. The Rams are still probably a pretty good situation. Would would they be in play? Andy Reid's getting older. What's to stop him from step? Like, you never know what might come open. But if you, you know, point a water gun at my face right now and say I'm squirting you if you don't get this right, the answer that I would give you would be the Los Angeles Chargers. They've got the young quarterback that Peyton covets. They've got the warm, sunny weather that Peyton covets. It's a tough and brutal division, but I think the Chargers would be the best bet right now. But I also think there's a possibility that Peyton just says, I'm going to just take one more year off, be completely free of my Saints contract, and I'll just go to a place where I don't have to give up draft picks to go and coach. Because who wants to take over a team in a situation that is going to be devoid of draft picks? And that's what Peyton would have to do. He would have to leave New Orleans, but he's under contract in New Orleans, and sacrifice picks to go somewhere, which would hamstring his ability to coach. He'd only have to do that one more season. So I think that what we may end up seeing is Sean say, I'm going to just sit out one more, then I'll be free to go without penalty, and that may be the way that it goes. Two more. Listener wants to know, Casey, how far can E.D. White take it in the Division II football playoffs? I wouldn't be surprised if they won the last game. And I know that they've got some injuries, right? I know that they're battling some, some, you know, nicks and some bruises. They're down their number one receiver. They're down their quarterback. EDY just has a vibe and an attitude. Like, they don't, no matter who they're playing, they line up against Nichols. It don't matter. They're going to think that they're going to win. Like, they've got that energy. That's the one thing that Kyle is saying has done. I consider Kyle to be a friend. I see Kyle out in the public. I'm going up to him. I'm giving him a hug. I'm going out of my way, walking across the room to go up to him and give him a hug. I consider him a friend, and I'd be the first to tell him. Like, the thing that I respect the most about his second tenure at E.D. White is not so much that he's delegating more and letting his assistants coach and all that other stuff. It's just the attitude, man. Like, their dudes compete. Their dudes compete. And it's a joy to watch that. As somebody who loves sports and who loves competition – loves athletics, to see them run to the football, to see them on fourth and one get hit at the line of scrimmage and then the ball carrier lunging and selling out to try to get the first down. Like, their guys just get after it. And I don't know where that comes from. I tend to think it's a combination of it's just good kids and then also good kids who are getting coached very well and kids that have had some success, so they buy in and they understand what it's like to be part of a great program. But every time E.D. White plays, no matter who they're playing, they think they're going to win. Everybody in the world thought they were going to lose to St. Thomas more in the playoffs last year. I was there. They beat them, and beat them pretty decisively. Everybody in the world thought that they were going to get blown out against University in the championship game. They lost, but they didn't get blown out. They had the ball with a chance to win it there at the end. So I think they can win the last game of the year. Will it be easy? Hell no. They've got one tough bracket out there. It's not going to be easy at all. But when you're looking at the brackets and you're pointing out, okay, Lafayette Christian, that's tough. St. Thomas Moore, that's tough. Turlings, that's tough. 
all guess what? All those other schools are going through the schools and are saying, E.D. White, that's tough. Don't want to play them. Tough offense, that's tough. So they're just one of the teams that's in the mix, and I think that they'll be firmly in contention. Last question. Casey, will you be watching the World Cup, and are you a soccer fan? To answer the, the last part of that first, I'm not much of a soccer fan, right? I know the rules. I understand the game is just a little bit too slow for me. And I know that soccer fans around the world, if they're listening or if they would be listening, would be throwing tomatoes at the radio saying that it's too slow. It's just not, a, I don't know, it's, it's not my cup of tea. But, but the World Cup is an exception to that. I will be watching every United States match. I will be going crazy over every United States match. The last World Cup that the United States went to, I took off of work during the United States matches, went to a bar in the Homa area. I don't even know if my employer knows that to this day, but, you know, oh well. <laughs> but I would take off during the day, go to a bar, have a few, watch the United States play. Um, same thing will be happening here. I'm going to watch every United States World Cup match. I'm going to be watching with bated breath and be rooting. Because look, it's just different. It's just different. I love international sports. It's different when you're pulling for your country. The biggest gripe that I have about soccer and why I'm not a big fan is because the MLS isn't any good, and which leaves you having to go and root for a team that's like in Spain. or And that's hard for me. I'm a very nationalistic, you know, I'm a, I'm a very American-centric person. And it's hard for me to root for something that's so far away, right? The time zone differences are different. The the vibe is different. The fans are chanting stuff in the crowd that's not even in English. It's hard for me to rally around that. But when we got the World Cup, and it's red, white, and blue, and it's America, baby, hell yeah, I'm in. And I will be watching the World Cup, and I will be heavily rooting for the United States to get it done. Let's catch a break when we get back. Got our betting picks, then we'll get out of here. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. As a father of triplet girls, State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature. Now, he wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal. A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee. It's the Black Friday sales event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at BentsRV.com. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. 
And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market's feels like home. Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race, from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks. One more segment to go. I'm going to give you a couple of things that I like over in Vegas. Then we'll wrap up. But before we do any of that, I want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bents RV located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. And Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. Um, Tonight, I like a couple of things, and I'll, I'll let you know what they are. First and foremost, I like, um, let's see, oh, the game that I like on the list here just got pulled off. I was about ready to tell you how to bet the Pelicans and the Lakers, but it got pulled off of the list. Um. Anywho, I like the Bucks minus 11 over the Pistons. The Bucks are just much better than the Pistons. The Bucks are going to swarm them, get out in transition, force them into bad shots, and I like the Bucks to take care of business in that matchup there. Um, I also like today in the NBA the um, Boston. Excuse me, goodness, y'all. I've been fighting a cold, and we're having issues today. I like the Boston Celtics minus two. Over the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think the Celtics are going to go on the road and make a statement over the Cavaliers, who have who've started off the year strong, but I just don't think that they will be able to contend with Boston and the length and the switchability that the Celtics have. Last but not least, I like over 217.5 for the 76ers and the Wizards. The same two teams faced off one another a couple days ago in the NBA, and it was a bit of a shootout. Um, Philadelphia got out, made some shots in transition, and that game went way over. It was 118 to 111. It went way over. Today with Joel Embiid back in the lineup, likely, um, I think that that helps the Philadelphia defense a little, but I think it also helps the Philadelphia offense a lot, which will offset that. I like another over. I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers guard. Um, I don't think that they're interested in defending a whole lot, and I think that we're going to see uh, the Wizards get out and, and score the ball, and I think that the 76ers will run with them and we'll see a game that'll be played in the 110s both ways. Want to thank everybody for listening. Want to thank BJ Young for his time. Tomorrow I'll try to get the turtle 
on to try to catch back up with him. He'll call it Turtle Thursday. How about that? Uh, Friday, we'll have Chandler Guitros. We'll have Damian St. Pierre. A lot happening with Biddy basketball. A lot happening with South Lafouche. Um, freshman football, they're going to actually be playing a game today at home against Ellender. Uh, so we've got a fun rest of the week planned. On Saturday, we'll have a better idea. And Saturday for the sports corner, that is. We'll have a better idea of what local teams will or will not be in the playoffs. And then by Monday, the brackets will be out. So I'll be able to give you that next week's show. Um, it's going to be heavy of breaking down matchups and giving predictions and letting you know who I think is going to be going where in these brackets. And a whole lot of bracketology will be coming here in the next couple of shows. We're going to wrap things up right here. Put a pin in it. You've been listening to play-by-play on KLEB. Looking out that window, still seeing some gorgeous Louisiana weather. If you're on the roads, be safe. Have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with our thir- with our Thursday show. God bless you guys. Have a great day. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.